Aesthetics aside, there was nothing. Nothing to say. Nothing to comment on. Just mindless amalgamation of scenes that were supposed to engineer some kind of reaction. I mean... There was no basis for anything that was happening. The tech made no sense. The story even less. Half of that is a valid critique. Yeah. I want my time back. I want to wash my brain under cold water and forget. I don't disagree with this person. Okay, no, that's that's just wrong. We want more time of this, not less. (laughs) Well, maybe. That was a one-star review (laughs) from IMDb. Hello and welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series and films. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Andrew. Greetings. And Steven. Greetings. Wow. And in this episode, (laughs) we're reviewing Gareth Edwards' sci-fi movie about AI and feelings. The creator. (laughs) AI and feelings. And feelings. feelings. Yes. Okay, let's get into how I'm feeling about this plot summary. I won't go go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh a, don't, a, don't, <laughs> even, don't even start yet. Careful. <laughs> okay, against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds the secret weapon, a robot, in the form of a young child. Oh, I thought you were going to say a robot in disguise. <laughs> Just a, robot as a young robot child. in disguise. <laughs> as a young child. Oh, man, what if Soundwave was in this? He'd be like, Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this movie was released on September 29th. My birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Happy birthday to you and the creator. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you're intrinsically tied for I know, and I don't know if I want that. This hey, is directed it by... Worse. It could be Cowboy Bebop. Live action. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, I'd be fine with Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I gotta look up what's coming out on my birthday. I'm probably... There's probably some garbage movies. <laughs> probably nothing. Okay, directed like, by... Like Hallmark Originals. Probably, yeah, Thanksgiving right there around that time. <laughs> directed by Gareth Edwards, who did Monsters, Rogue One, and Godzilla, the 2014 reboot with Brian Cranston and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, Godzilla reboot? Or the, the legendary pictures, the, the U.S. one, the one from 2014. The one with Ken Watanabe in it? Yeah. Yeah? It's just called Godzilla. Let them fight? Yeah. yeah. Is that, that okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. man. No, oh, that was on. that was a fine. That was, a, that was actually yeah. pretty good. Not yeah. to dox Ryan here, but are you are yeah. you 22? Is that your birthday? Uh, I, I'm yes. I'm 22 years 22. old. <laughs> no, you're not 22. Please, please write that on the dry board. 26. 26. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Don't well, say the month. I could, that's what I'm trying to. My I'm, social I'm is. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh-huh. my initial search was very positive for you. Because uh, this of? search may not be as positive. Well, because. What I thought was the 22nd, it was like Toy Story, Frozen 2, Adam's Family. I was like, man. Oh, yeah. I couldn't be that lucky. Yeah, no. (laughs) No. So, oh, boy. Ooh, woof. I hate to break it to you. At the 26th, you've got The Haunted Mansion. Best movie ever. 2003 version. Uh, A Loud House Christmas. Love it. I've seen it a thousand times. Obvi. Milk. Milk? Oh, yeah. That was actually pretty good. It's a film. Yeah. It's 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 about Harvey Milk in San Uh, Francisco in the 70s. It's pretty good. uh, Penguins of Madagascar. Okay. Australia. That's the spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, for those in the know. The spinoff. Uh, super Intelligence, Four Christmases, and oh, Joseph oh. and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Which version? Okay. 1999. Okay. Okay. So that's A not- mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, when I first pulled this up, going off the date, I thought it was. No was terrible like, stinkers, though. Dude, like Toy Story, like Frozen 2, it was a banger. <clears throat> All right. All right. So, anyways. <laughs> Gareth Edwards directed Monsters, Rogue One, and Godzilla, the 2014 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. American U.S. version. God, that came out in 2014? Doesn't it make you feel old? It's <laughs> almost a decade old. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because it's got the mom from Bates Motel in it, too. So, real quick, before I move past this point. So, uh-huh. have either of you guys seen Monsters? No. Okay, so Monsters... Well, I haven't. I don't know if Steven Steven, have you seen Monsters? Andrew spoke for me, and it's mm-hmm. okay, because I have also not seen it. I, I do what I can. came out in, like, I want to say, 08, 09 or something. Uh-huh. And it is a movie... About that, monsters? Well, it's it's about I kaiju, so. right? Oh, okay. But so they're kind of real monsters, not like humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monsters. And it's 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 kind of like a. Um, there's basically this this place in South America where kaiju exist, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a demilitarized zone. Brazil? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Argentina. I don't it's probably like the Amazon. I'm sure. It's, it, yeah, it's somewhere yeah. junglish. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere junglish. <laughs> you know, there's like you know whatever. It's tropical looking yeah, in yeah. South America. I gotcha. So. Um, any, or maybe it's Mexico. Hold on. Maybe Costa Rica. Anyways, Who knows? keep going. They speak Spanish or something, maybe Portuguese. I'm English. That's I don't Brazil. know. Moving past it. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a movie, and like the monsters are like basically happening around everything, but uh-huh. it's about these two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was done on like a shoestring budget, but it looks like a huge blockbuster. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very apropos to talk about it compared to this compared movie. To yeah, 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 which like is how this dude knows how to squeeze every right. dollar. My so God, his background is in visual effects. He did nothing. Oh. But like clearly oh. shows. Oh, visual that effects really shows. Yeah, and then he moved over to directing with monsters, mm-hmm. and um, because of that movie is how he got the Godzilla gig mm-hmm. for 2014. And, and I mean, like that Godzilla movie, and the I guess there's a new one coming out pretty soon. That's it's a in series the same, on Apple. Oh, series. That's what it is. But um, in the that, same legendary. The same, universe. yeah, yeah, uh, and the that Godzilla was pretty good. Yeah, so like the the 2014 Godzilla was pretty good. The problem with it was you had basically Brian Cranston in the first like third of it, and mm-hmm. then Aaron Taylor Johnson kind of takes over, and he just. No offense to Aaron Taylor Johnson, doesn't have the acting chops that Brian Cranston he's just, does. He's just not Brian Cranston. Yeah. So yeah. when you had Cranston and Ken Watanabe going back and mm-hmm. forth, it was like wow. And then when it's just Aaron Taylor Johnson, like bouncing from location to location, yeah. so we have a person to follow through all mm-hmm. the adventures. It's just kind of gets like, it's fine. It's it not gets, bad. Yeah, it gets a little um, draggy. And then there was like the other, the second, you know, Godzilla uh, movie in the Legendary Pictures, and the third one, Godzilla versus Kong. Those were not done by Gareth Edwards. Yeah. That was somewhere yeah, else. Right. But Monsters, to my point, was mm-hmm. what got him that gig. Yeah, yeah. And related to this movie, he did that on just like a shoestring budget. And everyone was like, how did you make a movie that looked this good with like yeah, nothing? nothing, yeah. Okay, this movie, the creator, back to the, the plot here, was uh, written by Gareth Edwards and Chris Weitz. Music was by Hans Zimmer, starring John David Washington, Madeline oh Univoyles. You aren't kidding about monsters being a shoestring budget. $500,000. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you. Right, like, that's, that is like, yeah. when you say that, I'm like, okay, so like, we're talking like 20 million? No, million? no, 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 like, no, no. It looks probably like a 20 or $30 million movie though. That's the thing. That's is it, crazy. it looks like as good as like, mm-hmm. especially for the time. Yeah. You got to rewind your CG brain a little bit on that one. Yeah, if you were to watch get, it like tonight. We're just getting out of the yachts here. Yeah. You're, you're coming. And so it looked really good. Um, Anyways, back, back to, to what I was saying. Starring. <laughs> starring John David Washington, Madeline Univoyles, Jimma Chan, I think. Is it Gimma Chan? I think it's Jimma Chan. I think it's Jimma Chan. Ken Watanabe and Allison Janney, which Allison Janney, I've never seen her play a bad guy before. And I was like, wow, <laughs> get it, Allison Janney. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, budget was only $80 million. Reported. 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 I saw one one report that said eighty six, yeah, but that was I like mean, that's, that's like for tad if, at if that we're point. Plus or minus yeah. five million. That's here, a rounding error. Yeah, like, and I haven't pulled up a current box office because I was waiting to see. Uh, how so it when did I checked it yesterday, um, it was around thirty million global. So we're we're recording this the week after its opening weekend. Yes. Yes. So let's see here. The creator is looking at. 
currently this is a live score update here. Fifteen million domestic, thirty three point okay. six worldwide. Yeah, so so, so that's so pretty below slow. What start. they what they hope for? It definitely. Uh, now, granted, I mean, like they're still a little, little close to halfway for making it, but half of that's global, which or international, which is the big problem because they don't really make a lot of money. Get the same percentage back. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they they were hoping, I think, for twenty five to thirty five ish domestic. Mm -hmm. Well, and then you would hope that there would be word of mouth that happens because obviously this this hit at a really weird time. For the strikes to where it was yeah, too close to release kind of date, promotional material, but you couldn't cancel the yeah, release either. Cause, yeah, because yeah. it was yeah. just a little bit too close to a little bit of everything. Well, because in case listeners don't know, like the actors aren't able to do press, they're not yes. able to do interviews to promote like promotional movies tools. and mm-hmm. stuff because of the strike. Which so kind yeah. of could have almost benefited it, right? Because right now there's just not a whole lot else out. Yeah. yeah, so it's a pretty empty field. It's yeah, not so there like was no Barbie standing on the opposite mm-hmm. side. Stare, Super Mario Brothers is staring at you like, yeah. what? What are you going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I want to try something slightly different. Uh-oh. So we're going into our overall thoughts. Curveball. I want everybody to condense your overall thoughts to one sentence. And I'm going to start with Steven, go to Andrew, and then come to me. Oh, see, I don't like this. I want a one sentence description of what Ooh. you thought about this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into like we'll get into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Steven, what did you think about this movie? Boy, this is pretty... Where is it going? Nobody knows. Thank you. Andrew. I would love to see a video game or a story that is not this story in this universe at another point in time. Good. My one sentence review would be this movie is a mile wide and an inch deep. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Let's get into our overall spoiler free thoughts. Mm -hmm. Spoiler free thoughts. So what what did y'all think? By far one of the most visually stunning sci-fi films I have ever seen. Absolutely. It's incredible. Fantastic. Legitimate. Dune levels of quality for visuals. One of the cinematographers worked on Dune. On some levels, it's higher than Dune because you get to pull current like modern mm-hmm. looking buildings and yeah. stuff in here and yeah. then mesh them against the sci-fi elements yeah. Yeah. for that contrast. Phenomenal. So oh my God. I'll jump in incredible. a little bit on some trivia now because it's mm-hmm. spoiler free. It's, it's mostly about the filmmaking right. Tech, yeah, techniques, yeah. right? So the biggest difference, I think, and just listening to the way they did this movie versus other stuff is that they shot everything no blue screens or very few blue screens, mm-hmm. not a lot of tracking dots. Yeah. They had no plan for what was going to be CG and what wasn't. Oh, interesting. Until they had it shot. And they went to 80 different locations on site around the world to shoot it, this. And it absolutely shows. Oh, yeah. And so the two cinematographers, it, the reason they switched midway through is because uh, COVID basically messed up scheduling. Mm-hmm. And like one, the first cinematographer was the guy that worked on Dune. Dune, yeah. And he had to leave to go continue work on Dune 2 because the work on Dune 2 got interrupted by yeah, COVID. COVID. Yeah, yeah. This movie, it Kinda got interrupted in because between. Dune 2 started yeah. back up. Yeah. But both cin- cinematographers that worked with uh, Gareth had the same idea. They basically shot the entire movie on Sony FX3 cameras. You can buy that at Best Buy for $4,000. Yeah, it's not an, not an expensive camera. <laughs> this is a prosumer <laughs> camera. They use the Ronin RS2 gimbal. I use that at work. <laughs> okay. And I don't work in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So they, they basically had a tiny, tiny crew mm-hmm. and the, the kind overall gorilla style shooting. They, they, they figured out that it's cheaper to basically fly a skeleton crew of just like a few people then set up to a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. than it is to basically, pay a bunch of people to make CG scenes. Yep. Try, try to pretend that this Hollywood yeah. backlot is now mm-hmm. these right. six different locations. I mean, well, that's the yeah. thing. Then, is like, it absolutely shows. Well, so 
what happened, because this is completely backwards from how we traditionally think of special effects, right? Mm -hmm. When they got back, they edited the entire film together and had a complete edit with no CG. Then handed it off to the CG artists who only had to make exactly what was needed. They didn't have to do, like, so with a Marvel movie or like Star Wars... They do fill in the whole background. Tons yeah. of, of, well, they do a lot of they, like extra scenes that get cut. Yeah. But just, they don't know they're yeah, going to get they cut. Because they don't edit the film oh, until it's all there. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. They go in and spend all this time with this good lighting for this scene that then goes away. Yeah. That's like that's three months of work for a production studio that's just like on the cutting room floor. You yeah. Know? So this way, it's like the, the, the CG artists, the VFX artists only have to work with literally the takes that are going to end up there. The other thing that some of the VFX artists said that was like, cool about doing it this way because yeah. in my head I'm like it's got to be a nightmare to try to like, like recomposite stuff yeah because they would he would like watch the scene and be like uh, that guy in the background should be a robot and so they would like <laughs> mask him out and make him a robot what, what, what he said was they shot with a lot of depth of field and he's yeah. like there's a lot of scenes where there's just no CG in the background it's just blurry and you can't tell because they got everything within the first 10 20 yards yeah. As good oh, as that, right? Yeah, yeah. Then it's just yeah. kind of jungle or whatever else. But the matter. the VFX artist said that it was good because when you have a full shot, mm-hmm. you can look at how the lighting is working, and you can look at existing buildings and kind of like basically add to this add, building yeah. instead of well, could, if you shoot on a, a lot with blue blue screen everywhere, it's like I have to create the entirety of the man. scene. Okay, you, have so to, you have to create fake lights. I'm all, not, all sorts I'm not of gonna stuff. lie, this upsets me because. This is. I wish this movie had huge success. One hundred percent. Because this is the kind of process that Disney, and, that and Marvel, like Lucasfilm, all Disney. Okay, every, I think I just listed yeah, Disney. Disney, Disney, uh, yeah. Disney. Pick another Hollywood. Uh, Disney, Disney, yeah. Disney. Well, that's Paramount. the thing because the other ones that do good sci-fi, Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve, yeah. do it all practical anyway. Yeah, and they're not right. working with Disney. So the thing that breaks <laughs> Disney, my heart. Listen to this. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the thing attention. that breaks my heart about the box office isn't so much that like, I love this movie. Like I, I really think it's, it's, it's visually incredible. It's stunning. Uh, I just feel phenomenal. like it's script cannot juggle the characters in the emotional way. It can't land. Well, and like, there's just the connective tissue in the story is so, like, so I got a like, paper there. thin at best. Yeah. I got a factory for that. Right. Well, yeah. hold on. I mean, there's go definitely go like go a five hour cut of this film That's, somewhere. Got, he wants to jump in and take oh, my, so my point. When, when I was uh, watching this video that basically goes through uh, how they did it, which by the way, if you want to watch that video, it is called from the, YouTube channel Frame Voyager. It's called the Insane IMAX production of the Creator, and they mm-hmm. really get into yeah, like. I'll put, a, I'll put a link in the description. Yeah, there'll be a link to that, and a lot, a lot of the other facts I'm pulling from is from a um, a Variety article called uh, How Gareth I'm, Edwards. I'm not going to link to Variety. Okay, cool. <laughs> how Gareth Edwards <laughs> Sci-Fi Opus achieved blockbuster scale at a fraction of the cost. Anyways, yeah. uh, no, the the thing that upsets me is that like. It's not going to make a lot of money, and studios are going to look at this and be and like, "See it as a failure." See, you can't just do this guerrilla stuff. You can't just do yeah. like special effects. And, and that's, blah, blah, that's, blah, blah, that's, blah. that's the wrong that's lesson the, to take. That's the ten out of ten percent. side of this film. Yeah, right. But yeah. I, I do think the problem is, like you said already, stealing from me. There's a five hour cut. Like oh, the initial and cut. We, we only got five two hours. hours. Two hours fifteen. Yeah. So when I sorry when I referenced that video, the reason I did it because when they said he cut the whole footage together, the first cut was five hours, mm-hmm. and then they cut it down, they and then they gave that to the VFX. Before they did the VFX. And, yeah, and yeah. the problem is, is that this is such a dense film story wise. Yeah. That there's so many things that happen in it that if you had any kind of emotional connection to any of the characters, or yeah. even had an inkling of what like the motivations were for some people, it would make a whole lot more 
sense and actually make the film better. And yeah. it just doesn't exist. It almost feels like it would be better as a TV series. I think it, it would it mu- needs, be much better as a TV series. It needs more time. Like, if you sit down yeah. and say, hey, our story is five hours, and we're going to trim this to less than half of that. Just make it a miniseries, or, or, guys. Or, do, yeah. or just do part one, part two. Like, if this was a really phenomenal story with these effects, and you told me at the end, part two comes next oh, year, I'm, two I'm years. There. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, you'll get my money again, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I think that's where it suffered. Even, honestly, okay, I'm a hypocrite for this, in mm-hmm. a sense, because I think I've complained the most on the cast about why is your movie so GD long, all right? You don't need to be two Gosh hours, darn for those. You don't need yeah. to be Gosh two hours, it. 45 minutes. We don't need three hours and 15 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. you this gotta one be needed to, to be long. fat. This movie, two hours and 15 is not enough. 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Drop right. three minutes here, four minutes there, two minutes here, one minute there, 10 seconds here. I don't care. Spread that out throughout the movie, and I think yeah. you have a way more cohesive mm-hmm. whole. Yeah, because it is it is really disheartening because, like, the visuals are absolutely a 10 oh, out of yeah. 10. I wanna, like, some I of the best I've ever seen. Get in this world and wallow in it. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, put this guy, well, Paramount, put this guy in charge of the next Halo series you feel like losing money on. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, too, like... To keep it spoiler free, like there's definitely some emotional stuff that happens in the third act that is only emotional because of really good acting from uh, John David Washington and and like, the kid, the kid, the kid, who Madeline is, Univoyle's first credit, phenomenal. By the way, first phenomenal. movie she's ever been in. So like they they are doing heavy lifting, lifting. with oh his, my gosh, yes. like not much in the script and not much development throughout the movie yeah. i think if we'd gotten more it would be a lot easier to be like right well, there and, with it. and the thing is too like i really try not to be like a debbie downer when it comes to the these kind of things and i i really feel whenever i'm going into like especially a sci-fi film like i am mm-hmm. the core demographic for this i love right. hard sci-fi i love visual effects like i yeah. should be the one that should be giving this the benefit of the doubt yeah and the whole movie i was like all right, come on, like, give me something to work with here, guys. Yeah. And it just never happened, which was what was really disappointing because I, I so, walked out of that film where I was just like, but there was so much here and just nothing. Well, I feel like, it, go ahead, Stephen, sorry. Well, I was say, what gets me is this film, right? So you have, you know, some productions who are big on telling and not showing. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. other productions who are big on showing and not telling. Mm-hmm. This felt very much so kind of like an older... The worst of both worlds. An, well, it's like an older <laughs> anime film where they're like, I'm not going to tell you and I'm not going to show you either. Figure it out because I just assumed you've already read the comic books, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But there's no backing material yeah, there, yeah, there's this. nothing yeah. else there's there, no, yeah. You know, there's no books that they're manga or adapting yeah. from, yeah. So, like... When they don't show you and don't explain anything to you, which they they do some exposition at the start to try and cushion it, right? A little bit, yeah. Build the world a little. But for this kind, like when you have a big sci-fi, the world building is like the core character in a lot of ways. Yeah. And they needed to spend a little more time with that, with with us, the audience, and the world, Mm -hmm. a little back and forth there. So we have a little better understanding of some of the pieces at play here. Yeah. And then you can run your emotional thread through that. And they didn't, they didn't really do that. And they also didn't really run the emotional thread either. Yeah. So you don't need to develop an AI sentient robot to get your content. What you can do right now I is- I don't? No. What, what I'm do I coding do? like you crazy over content. here. You can go to spoilersintendedpodcast.com and get all of our content that we have on the website right now. Episodes. 
that's what we have. That's the content <laughs> episode. What else do we, do we have links to anything we on do there? Have, we have links to Discord and our socials. Let me talk about the Discord for a minute. <laughs> we'll allow you. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Discord chat. That's what we say when you join. Every No, we say, like, hey, whatever. We wave. We wave. <laughs> we wave. Discord yeah, for it. it. If wave. you don't know what Discord is, it's a really cool place to hang out. It's like a very, it's, it's, a, it's a private community we talk about. Our episodes. We talk about non-episodes. What we're watching. What, what we're, we're playing. Eating. What, what we're what eating. We're cooking. We I show pictures see of our pets. Of your pets. Yeah, it's a good time. You should come check us out. It's free. Get in there. Totally yeah. free. You want to talk about another free, very not private community? That's called <laughs> social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Spoilers <laughs> intended. Have a look for us. We post on there every week. Teasers for the upcoming episodes. Uh, other random things pop up on there. Cause sometimes what we're where the next thing we're watching is gonna be. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so get on there, follow us, like, share, and comment. All right, we have destroyed the spoiler wall in the sky that was preventing us from talking about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, not the sound <laughs> Please no. That is not All a sci-fi right. sound. So a little bit of trivia. I kind of get into a lot of the best trivia um, earlier because it's such right. a brand new movie. There's not a yeah, really not a lot. And there's not like actors out on a promotional tour talking about the wacky hijinks. Right, right? yeah. So yeah. there's not a much. But I'll, I'll throw a few out here real quick before we get into our spoiler thoughts. Um, director Gareth Edwards wrote the protagonist character specifically for John David Washington after seeing his performance in Monsters and Men in 2018. Interesting. Which I haven't seen Monsters and Men, but was like, he was he the main lead in Tenet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's so he's Denzel Washington's son. I believe so. That's that's I, what I, I was like, every time I yeah. see him, I'm like, because I was pretty sure I had seen something saying that he was this. I was like, well, I don't want to just carry that through. Here. Yeah, don't just yeah. assume that. Be stupid, but yeah. um, so yeah, this this film was shot on the Sony FX3, which is which is just wild. It's a, it's a full frame entry level cinema <laughs> camera. <laughs> I just imagine like Gareth Pro Edwards like going into Best Buy. Is it Best Buy? Like, I need like three of these. Yeah. You you know actually, let's we, go with just two. We can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it back to two. Yeah. Which, which is worth pointing out. Um, you buy a $4,000 camera. The lens that's in front of the camera probably costs more than the body of the probably, camera. Probably, yeah. Uh, so like, it's not just like, oh, yeah, you know, they showed up with a couple hundred bucks. They made a, <laughs> a little 18 to yeah. 55. Yeah. Oh, the kit <laughs> lens of 3.5 to 4.5. Yeah. Let me tell you, you get some, you get some great depth of field on real, that, Real great depth <laughs> of field. So, so <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that, you know, Gareth obviously commented on during mm. the, the press for this was kind of like, the you know he comes from the world of independent filmmaking doing yeah. both visual effects and directing monsters right mm -hmm. and then he did Godzilla 2014 which had like 180 something million dollars mm -hmm. and then he did Rogue One which is like 200, 200 yeah, something million yeah. plus because 230 Disney. yeah mm -hmm. and so he's worked both on you know these small independent you know movies and the giant massive things or blockbusters and so when he was talking about making movies like that he said quote when you first make a movie you have to kind of make it by hook or crook he says typically everyone's first film is kind of a no budget feature then if you're very lucky like I was you get teleported into an amazing situation where you get to do one of the big Hollywood films that you've always dreamt of being able to do but I find there's definite advantages and disadvantages to both oh for sure and so it's interesting to well, me he because he probably had a lot of control over this one. So the yes, reason yes. he did it at such a low budget was he wanted absolute and complete control. Mm -hmm. And so the for only way he was able to do that here for better or for worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it, it like, cause like I had this thought earlier when we were talking about like, if this was like 20, 30 minutes longer, I was like, man, 
this I would be very interested if they release a director's cut of this. That's I would like because it does feel yes. a little bit like the Blade Runner problem where there's yes. some yeah. there's yes. some like um, uh, studio interference. Maybe I don't but even. I know. don't think there was. I don't think there was some director. I don't. But I could, could very be direct, well, his own some director own interference. interference. Left could hand be. versus right hand. Well, because like <laughs> to be to be just quite honest, like I think he as a director is incredible at the visual side of things. He yes. clearly knows what he's doing. But I don't think he's that good with writing because I know him yeah. and Tony Gilroy did the writing for Rogue One, mm-hmm. and I think. Tony Gilroy is definitely the better. Yeah. Well, well based, right. on, also, based on what we've seen with Andor, right? Mm-hmm. That feels like Tony Gilroy yeah. yes. probably was the main what, input. Yeah, was the main input. I know Also, Gary Whitta contributed to Rogue One a little bit. He's a uh, comics author yeah. and a, a book author. Mm-hmm. But like he he did some kind of first draft that then they built off of. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like with Rogue One, it was very good because there were so many There's a lot of other hands in there, yeah. It, yeah. Um, so... For this movie, he cited films such as Apocalypse Now, Baraka, I can see it. Blade Runner, I can see it. Akira, yeah. Rain Akira Man, for sure. yeah. uh, The Hit, which was 1984, I don't know what that don't, is. Don't know that one. E.T. and Paper Moon. Ew, which E.T., wow. Yeah. Paper Moon's really good. As his fil- sources of inspiration visually for this film. Hmm. So I, mean, I can see it. I can definitely yeah. see Akira for sure. And oh, well, for Blade sure, Runner because yeah. they're basically basically the same thing in a lot of ways. Uh, they are, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. A lot, visually, there there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like, I will appreciate, right? We have, hey, we're going to go into another cyberpunk dystopian-esque future. So it's time to go to the streets of L.A. where it only rains. I'm very happy that wasn't what happened. Well, yeah. We went and other then, places. Yeah, because they blew up L.A. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? They're like, you know what? We can't go to the rain-drenched streets, which, again, L.A., the rain Wait, what? People, what? The rain-drenched <laughs> streets of L.A. Why? Because we nuked it at the start. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. somewhere else. The, the whole locale uh, in Southeast Asia is phenomenal. So I know they did... Some shots in Tibet, some in Thailand, they did, and some they did a in, lot um, in uh, Thailand. Um, yeah. I think Taiwan, maybe, but I know for sure I Thailand, it. a large amount. Was mm-hmm. t- but like to me, that, that's part of what makes it so good is that they went to eighty actual real world yes. locations. Because he was talking about it like makes such a difference. It does. Well, two things. Number one, visually, it's a real place. Yeah. But number two, <laughs> he cited in a different interview. He was like, let's say you know, uh, for example, the 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 village fight where the, the big tanks come out and they run across the bridge. Man, those oh. tanks are the some of the coolest looking tanks ever. Thing. First off, oh my God. so many of the vehicles in this thing are such a cool design. No, no, not so many. Ba- all. all. Just say all. all. Yeah. Just all. You know, the police uh, interceptor things in the sky in, um, um, I don't know, New Asia mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The long, weird... I was like, that looks so cool. Like, but you the, know what the only bad-looking designs were? What's that? It was the shot of like the general's motorcade where the back vehicles were just like Lincoln Navigators, like just stock oh, SUVs yeah. from modern <laughs> yeah. days. Like, boy, these look terrible compared to everything else. Everything else. Well, so those, those tanks, sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those tanks are like the mix of like a Star uh, StarCraft siege tank. But okay. the size of a house. <laughs> a, oh, a very large, very large house. house. Like an apartment complex. Like, yeah, like, apartment <laughs> building on its side on wheels. But just like the the, the uh, weapons that it uses. Yeah. And, oh, it's just The so targeting cool. when it's like tracking the Dude, people. The mm-hmm. targeting tracking system of everything and the way they use it. Like, again, I'll give them props. Uh, if you wanted to create like an AI propaganda video mm-hmm. in terms of like promote AI as the good guys, yeah, this is it, right? When the yeah. robot is like has the target locked on and he oh. runs for cover in the shed and he stops because people are there and then he just accepts, he just turns around and eats the missile, yeah, instead of 
you know, maybe saving themselves, but also maybe endangering. It's like, mm, you know, I don't know if our version of AI would do that. <laughs> would, um... Now, listen, chat GPT, we used it. It was fine. No, yeah. um, I'm pretty but, sure. Uh, what's the what's the one that, that does all the drawings? Um, Mid Journey. Mid Journey. I'm pretty sure Mid Journey would look at those people and be like, those aren't real people. Their hands aren't all wonky. What if I draw them eating spaghetti and it's really nightmare fuel? Yeah. Um, th- that, that location right there where they, mm-hmm. they did that, where Gareth Edwards was like, that's a place. We didn't have to build a set. Yeah. We just showed up we just, and we filmed. He's yeah. like, if you hey, had yo, to build that set, he goes, that it? could cost you $200,000 to build a set mm-hmm. like that big, that so then like. you have control over and everything. Yeah. And they did some shots on the volume at Pinewood Studios. Oh, interesting. Uh, for a few things. Not mm-hmm. not a ton. I don't think I, it was I'm like extensive. some of the indoor shots or like on the uh, uh, Nomad maybe. Yeah. I, I, Possibly, I, yeah. There wasn't a I lot of. I definitely see it on Nomad. Like, well, like Nomad, it's like, the, we're, well, we're going to travel to a location where these always exist. Going to Pine Studios, hitting up the volume. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one one thing a dude pointed out that I've never really noticed is that the volume is every time you see the volume, it's almost always a curved room. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's a, a open curved mm-hmm. room. There's not a lot of walls. There's yeah. like you know, so I don't know which scenes because there, there wasn't any footage of what scenes were yeah. which, but like definitely he used the volume a little bit. But another point of like if you can get away with using the volume for a couple of scenes and that saves you a bunch of money. His point is that like I can take that money and then on the back end. Mm-hmm. Put it towards VFX. Yep. You know, like we'll and really shoot it. push it. So on the beach at the very front, like the opening scene when yeah. they storm the beach, the guy stormed the beach or whatever, and you know his his wife. It's a little bit there. too dark there, but that's fine. Yeah. Well, I they mean, shot it's, with Sony it's FX3. Meant to be kind of you don't know <laughs> well, what's going on. I understand, but like again, you can shoot dark film. You can. Yeah. You can. And make it still legible. Right. Yeah. It, I, I think they did it so that the blue would pop I, on the thing. I get it. Whatever. You can still do that. You can. I don't disagree with you. It was very dark. Really dark night. You know, know, new moon in New Asia is dark, and then the blue just the blue lights of Nomad just blom on. I mean, I didn't notice a lot of it being too dark, other than that beach scene. Really, everything else was. There's a couple other scenes like Uh, whenever they're like. It's every every time we go to that beach when they return to the house. It's it's still dark. dark. Yeah, Yeah. it's like why is this dark? Yeah. Anyways, continue. So, anyways, that beach, right? If you look in the background, you can see lights on and it looks like it's just part of the village mm-hmm. it's not it's a town and that's just businesses because they didn't close down the beach they just showed up with like eight dudes and the actors and did it and that there was no like closing anything down People he's like over there like hey is there like a yeah. film school around here or something they're doing like a little like student video or yeah because like, they, they were literally he had a person running audio like two cameras, a person that had a microphone on the, or not a mic, a light on the end of a boom pole. Mm -hmm. That was their lighting. They would basically just take it and like, as the scene changed, they would move it and hold it for a take. They couldn't pay enough people to hold lights. He's like, they didn't like bring a huge light kit like you would normally Mm -hmm. do. They would take the natural light in a scene and then they would augment it with like a light Mm -hmm. and then be like, go for it. Running gun. Like they, they'd shoot so much in a day. It sounds like, but the other thing that was interesting, I thought, was the, uh, you know, when they find the AI child, yeah, yeah. that area mm-hmm. is a, a particle accelerator in Thailand. Ooh. They went to it and they were like, this is a cool place. Can we just shoot here? And they <laughs> and were like, like oh, I guess so. They turned them down. They said, absolutely oh. not. Because they didn't think they were a film crew. There was like six people. Like, There's not enough people here. How could you be a yeah. film crew? They were like, like no, I worked on Rogue One, Star well, Wars. And again, tiny cameras on the on yeah. a little, a <laughs> a little prosumer <laughs> gimbal. gimbal. You know, like they would not let him shoot there. And so one of the guys found out that uh, he worked on, he was the director of Rogue 
Rogue One, mm-hmm. and they were huge fans, and they were like, "Can we be in the movie?" And I think they're a couple of the extras oh, in are like, they, are they, like the text or whatever. Or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Nice. And so it's like That's they got awesome. to use the particle accelerator as their like backdrop, yeah. and they got yeah some extras. That's incredible. And I was like, "That's the kind of filmmaking I want to see in the world." And I'm worried we're not going to because this movie is bombing. Yeah, because it's it's not going to make us money back just because it's not an engaging story. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, I, and I it's not that mouth is gonna harm it because yeah. of that. Well, yeah, because yeah. that's the thing is like I'm not gonna like recommend it to my friends that I know love sci-fi because I'm just like the movie itself as a whole, yeah. as the whole package just wasn't very good. But like it is absolutely worth seeing just for the visuals. I but I like don't know if you want to go spend theater money for that. For me, yeah. and let let's get into the story a little bit, right? To me, it's like the the bullet points of what happens makes sense it does yeah it's like okay this happens then this happens and this happens cool it's for me it's the connective tissue between nothing where like you know we've had a lot of examples of movies throughout the years where you've got the the grumpy dude and the kid Mm -hmm. and they fall in love by the end of it it's a common trope look at the last of us look at you know mandalorian mandalorian look at insert several others and we don't ever get enough Interaction on the bone and interaction between them. Interesting is watching their interactions though on screen. There are definite moments where I was like, man, I kind of wish that like Mandalorian felt more like this at times. It definitely like, like, yeah, because there's some there's an actual actor and not a puppet. Well, and also they and a dude with a trash can on his head speak English instead of you know. Yeah, babbles or yeah. But like yeah. to that point, I think that's a huge credit to John David Washington and Alfie. Madeline Univoyles, I want to say her name because this is her first. It's, and it's, it, yeah, it's, well, her name needs to be said multiple yeah, times. Because Phenomenal. I think the two of them do a lot of heavy lifting in scenes where the script is probably lackluster or not, there's mm-hmm. not much there, but it's just not enough to buoy well, the whole film. So, and, and kind of the, the issue is, is that I'll say some of the editing doesn't do it any justice either because there's one scene wherever they get into New Asia mm-hmm. where he is like kind of admonishing her for just existing. Yeah. And then literally the next scene, he's like trying to be caring and super nice to her. I'm like, yeah, did we yeah. miss something in between place. here? Yeah. Well, I feel like in the editing too, there was a couple of moments where like there, were, there would be like a scene that didn't have music in it that I felt like there should be music. Oh, there was like, and that's, that's my other sticking point is this is a Hans Zimmer score and he is a fantastic composer. And the main theme is good. Everything else was just not utilized at all. I like the music. Well, see, and I think this is like a, like a chicken and the egg issue here. I like the music, but it's almost a question of, did the music lack emotion because there wasn't enough emotional connection with mm-hmm. us with the storyline? Right. Or was the storyline not enough of a connection because the music didn't have enough emotion? And I think right. they both, they worked together yeah. to just kind of be whelming mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to like really hitting you with one or yeah. the well, other. There, there's like a couple of moments where the music kicks in and it's like, oh yeah, that's yeah. cool. I like yeah, that. That's, you know? that's a cool sound. But then there's like... Um, then there's like a whole like there's like 15 minute section where there's just no music at well, all. And then they use uh, everything in its right place by Radiohead in that one part. And well, I'm no, like, they use a lot okay. of juxtaposition music mm-hmm. throughout, and I'm just like, it doesn't fit tonally well, for anything. Yeah, it, it felt like everything in its right place is a very much like if you were going to tell a dystopian AI. Yeah, you know, it works. It tracks. It does. Yeah. But when they used it right there at that moment, it felt like hmm. Yeah, okay. I was like, that's a choice. Also, I yeah, I was like, that'd work better later, actually. You know, speaking like, of music, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that Sturgill Simpson was also an actor. Uh, okay, apparently he is. He's a he's a country yeah country music, slash right yeah. So he's <laughs> more, he's Drew. Yeah. He's the um, the buddy of our main character. Oh, okay. 
I didn't think he did a great job. No, <laughs> no, I didn't think he did either. Sorry, Sturgill. Like, keep making music, bud. But uh, it's, it's just funny because oh, was, it was he like, the, the arms dealer or whatever? Or the, he was the, the guy that came guy. in. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So like watching him, yeah. and I was like, this dude looks really familiar, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, because yeah. he's not a very good actor. And then like they were doing the credits at the end, I was like, Sturgill Simpson. Like, Wait a minute. Doesn't he normally have like a beard? I mean, it was basically the same facial hair, kind of that okay. little, little so goatee I'm, thing. I know okay. that we can yeah. sit and bag on the movie, and I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, Well, I, I want to – there are a lot of people that really like this movie, yeah. and there's probably people listening to this that like well, it see, that are, like, getting mad that we're trashing I, it. So I, I want to say why. Well, yeah. so I feel like this is the kind of film that mm-hmm. very similar – in many ways to Blade Runner, right? When you watch Blade Runner now, even watching the best version, yeah. you can walk out of that and be like, I – guess I see why people really love it, but like we're like having a fight scene and then there's just a dove. The dude just like grabs a dove out of the air. Yeah. Well, it's the same problem of like there's not enough depth with the characters in Blade Runner. So I could very easily see this film 10, 15, 20 years from now Mm. being one of those films that people point to as, hey, this is the grandfather of new wave Cyberpunk, yeah, yeah, so visual, visual, yeah. Stuff or whatever. Well, and, and that kind of brings me to my thing is I would love to see this universe in a video game format mm-hmm. or in another like TV series TV or something, mini series to give us whatever. more time in here with like these stunning visuals yeah. and world building that they've made. Where it's just one of those things where it's like this specific one, this specific story just doesn't do it for me. But yeah. man, I want to be back in there. Well, and I had this thought midway through the movie when I was watching it because I was like. It's just something about the story is not clicking with me. Yeah. And I had this thought of like, if this exact story Mm -hmm. was done in an anime or done in a video game. It would probably work. It would probably work because I think your brain kind of fills in some of the gaps. Well, you're also, I think in those mediums, you're more accepting of the moments of when they just don't really explain what's going on. They do stuff because either you're going to get... Uh, a sequel that's going to backfill that knowledge yeah. or there's other, exp- you're going to run into a, another NPC who's going to tell you a story like, oh, that makes more sense. Well, but you don't get that time here with yeah. right. a film. Well, so like as an example, and this this may be lost on both of you guys, I'm not sure if you've seen Serial Experiments Line. Mm-hmm. No, okay. it came out um, late 90s mm-hmm. and it is very much a cerebral kind of thing. It's kind of about like, it's not an anime, the birth right? of the internet. Yeah it's, yeah, it's an anime. And it, there is zero handholding and zero exposition about what is happening throughout the thing. Yeah. And it's 13 episodes and it is very much, you have to fill in the gaps yourself. They're never going to explain it to you. Right. A lot of stuff is left up for interpretation. And that is the kind of experience that I think that Gareth Edwards wanted for this. Oh, yeah. It definitely. just doesn't track that well with a live action movie. For whatever reason. Cause I would even say that like, the Ghost in the Shell 1995 mm-hmm. animated movie, yeah, right, is the same way, and it's a visually bit, yeah. really good. But like, I've read the manga, I've well, watched like, the series. Like there's there's a series. There's been like two prequels. Right. There's so much stuff now that you can that you can backfill. And yeah. in 1995, you might have been like, yeah, this is really cool to look at, but it doesn't. T- like, it's the same thing. What I'm kind of going yeah, it's, out here. It's the Blade Runner thing of like, it's very it's very visually there, but there it's there's not a lot of depth. We don't really explore it's, why it's this character the, feels this it's way. It's on point. Like it, it passes the vibe check with flying yes. color, yeah. right? Like this For is sure. this is everything that I expect to feel about a semi dystopian cyberpunk future set in Southeast Asia, yeah, mm-hmm. where we're not just Shanghai drenched in rain, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know. But, so what? Okay, so what are your what are some of your favorite? I'm not, I'm not going to say moments, just mm-hmm. bits of the film. 
Mm, let me think here. Oh man, every single mechanical object on screen. Period. I loved the uh, the bomb <laughs> robots. Oh, the like the little barrel <laughs> trash can guys. It's the way they run. It's been an otter serving. So, they're with so you, doofy when yeah. they run, and then whenever he just kind of like stops in the middle of the bridge and just kind of like sits there for a second, I'm just like, you just look so silly. Yeah. Well, they look kind of they look like the goofy robots that people who don't like robots would build. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, and I'll say this. Well, okay, that, that's probably a side discussion. I, I love the, uh, what was it called? The Arc? Nomad. Nomad. Nomad, yeah. Um, Nomad's so design it, is so kind good. Of, oh, my God. The design of it, the execution of it, the way it works, Just like the, when you can the see the target on the, the yeah. ground. The it looms in and the like background. People are uh. on this mountain just looking like, what do you think that's going to do? You know, <laughs> <They're> just watching <laughs> it go by, and it's like, like, what if you see it come towards you? You're done. You know, like it's it's such a. It's like that William Defoe meme where he's just like look, looking Willem. up, and Willem. it's just, he's just like covered in light from something. He has like eyes open. Oh uh, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> like that. But uh, I, I thought that was really cool. And he, when I first saw it on screen, I thought, oh, it's probably you know a little up in the air. And then you realize how big it is, and it's, it's like it's basically it's low space. orbit. Yeah. Like you know, you're mm-hmm. like, oh. This is this thing. cool. I want to know how, how bright those lights have to be to how, have like how the many, direct. How many kilowatts of laser output it requires? I mean, you're just scorching the earth space. as you're going. I mean, by. At that point, when, once I mean, you you're going to anyways after you fire. Them. So, like, yeah. what's it matter? <laughs> Uh, I bet it's like just a billion laser pointers just stuck together. <laughs> in the end. Turn the, them all on. All those green laser pointers. One guy every can, morning like, has to turn them all blind on. planes with. You can't, you, can't oh, yeah. any, you can't go anywhere where there are domesticated cats because all we'll do is kill the entire cat population of this area. Oh yeah. yeah that should have been a scene. They're in Nepal and like this wave of cats <laughs> just starts running to chase after it. It's a great way to get uh, mad at you. So the other thing yeah. I would say is that like, and this is a, a kind of a, a, a point in its favor for like script and plot, mm-hmm. right? Is that they have the scene, the requisite scene where like the mercenary picks up the you know kid's dog and he's like, I'm going to kill this dog if you don't tell me, right? Yeah. yeah. In most he's, he's hackneyed. A he's an American soldier. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they were acting like mercenaries. He's, he's a, like a SOCOM-esque yeah, level. Yeah. yeah. But like uh, in most movies, they go the cheap route and it's like, I'm going to kill the dog. And then the hero goes, not today. That's too far. And it's like, this is your easy, like yeah. cheap, like now yeah, you root yeah. for the main character mm-hmm. moment. John Dude, David Washington says like, nothing. He's just waiting to see like what this kid looking at. And then he goes and finds a solution and moves on. He's, yeah. And it's he's like also a cold blooded killer. Right. Yeah. Like what well, yeah. it gives you a lot about his character in it that does. one scene. And it doesn't do that really lazy writing thing where it's like, this is a, Instant wins. Yeah, let's he's a righteous for the one, person. The one guy right. amongst the the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, because so. like, as far as he's concerned, the only thing he is there for is to get the package so he can see his his wife. Yeah. That they have, you know, obviously like tricked him into thinking that she's there. Which I did like that twist of like him trying to find her and then finding out that she's been in a coma and then yeah. it's like that bittersweet I, like. Oh man! I like, did not like the idea that she was just magically cloned everywhere, and then like they had their little reunion at the end with her clone right before they died. Oh, see, I, I love that. that. I thought so, that was terrible. So that felt like the most anime part of this that movie. Was, How did you was, not like the, that? The, the moment when the child walks in the hall of all of his wife clones in bags, and then he drags the they the weren't wife all out. his wife. They were, a lot of, they were, yeah. They were, yeah. But like that felt incredibly anime, and I know why you don't like it. It's because it hit too close to home. No, that's not. Andrew's crying right now. 
you can't see it at home. It went, drove home <laughs> on Andrew. Andrew's like, go. did Western media do this to me? No. <laughs> no, it's Japan. He goes, well, senpai? <laughs> I'm, I'm crying because of the trite, poor, cliched writing. We did not need that scene see, to have any see, kind of emotional weight. So I'm I sorry. feel like it was, it was the closure, the though. But no, we already had the closure. Well, you're right. Yeah, he, he did. He killed did. her. We already had the, yeah. the, the high end. Emotion, yeah, yeah. We, which, that we was already a crazy had that. sequence in and of itself. It was. For, like yeah. emotional stakes. So I haven't gotten to say my favorite. Oh, moment. sorry. I thought you said everything that was <laughs> animated. I, mean, I did say every, every mechanical object, <laughs> okay. yes. I thought that was your thing. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but I'm going to, again, same idea here. Yeah. Basically, every gunfight, they felt really cool because it was very. Uh, like fast, you didn't actually know where the bullets were coming from. They're like some of these fights, they're bullets flying everywhere. But yeah. they also did a good job of like every fight had like a bit of a twist to it. Mm-hmm. It was never just like people shoot from here yeah. and they move. It's like yeah. they're trying to go here, but this thing's doing this, and then we have to do this, and then like yeah, yeah. it had like layers to it. It yeah. had a lot of layers, but the the bigger issue with that was. In between all of those, there's a lot of teleporting characters where yes, they're just like, I'm definitely. here, that, and now we need to have see, this character I'm all the way up here. His complaint yeah. here is, oh, well, they had his wife's clone in the room. His complaint mm-hmm. isn't that the four-year-old dragged her body. We don't know how long. This thing casts a shadow from space. I I don't know how far he dragged this kid. Yeah. Or the kid dragged the mom, and yeah. then... Uh, just Joshua like, makes it from wherever the escape pod is. Or, for some reason, while this there, exploding. while everything is exploding, yeah. around him, why, how does he end up yeah. there? Like, Again, trite, cliched writing that didn't those, need to exist. Like, yeah. The moment is fine. Well, I think getting the pieces to that moment was felt just contrived. Of I want this moment, but I don't want to work for it. Yeah. Well, another thing too that I feel like we needed a little bit of clarification in order to understand some stakes was the child's powers. Like yeah, they mentioned, a they got time. into that a little well, bit. But the, the no, thing no, is, no, no. They used they it as a get out of jail free card on multiple uh, scenes they, where I was like, and they like, don't bring it up and they don't show it off yeah. until way later in the film after he's introduced. Well, so like the entire time, like you get like one little bit where he turns off the TV. Yeah. Okay, sure, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. There. He cool. turns on the car, but like that's sure. The, like he, he, uh, no, he, that's not the issue. Controls the, like, try, like we don't get the scale. The of what issue he is the scale. It, it's the range and the scale mm-hmm. of like you see him do some incredible stuff earlier that then later in the movie he just doesn't do. And I'm like, yeah, he shut he shuts down an entire like checkpoint. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, like, awesome. So his I I he's, I, he's grow, I thought he was growing in power. Yeah. yeah. And I thought they were going to give like some kind of a measurement of like at this rate. You know, in two days, he'll be able to shut the nomad mm-hmm. down from the ground or so, you know, yeah. like whatever. And then we get up in the nomad and stuff's going on and he's not shutting down other things. He's like closing doors. And I'm like, shut this whole wing yeah, off. He, like, he's like, <laughs> grabbed by the tentacle monster. And it's like, dude, kid, why are you just shut the tentacle monster down? Yeah. That, it's your tentacle. They gave you a tentacle monster. <laughs> right. This is a gift, well, kid. So then the other, the other issue that I had was pretty much like if they would have, you know, after they, they, killed the mom and then mm-hmm. essentially like he got him out of um you know basically he faked them out of like he killed the kid but then he's gonna go to the funeral the, the, and the movie ended there and we didn't go up to nomad or whatever mm-hmm. i would have been completely fine with it and then we're ready we're primed for part two then we're primed for part two because yeah. the issue is is that once because you only have so much time left in the film the yeah. second that they escape and they have to go up to nomad it is just like bing bang boom we're up in space there's no problem yeah, here so we right. have no resistance right yeah actually what i'm hearing from all of us is 
we don't actually dislike the film. We did. We like the film so much. We're mad that they didn't give us more. Exactly. Yeah. Throughout, mm-hmm. like not just within this film, but I would have loved well, for this to have done phenomenal. We get a sequel. We yeah. Get, like, well, that's it, the like, thing. Come on, let's we, go. I really feel that we are the core demographic for this film, yeah. and us going into this and then being subsequently disappointed by basically everything except for the visuals is mm-hmm. a telltale sign that the it needed to be extended to a certain length. And most of the performances. I thought the performances were pretty good. I yeah, John David I, I Washington think, did really I think yeah. the, the music was acceptable. Yeah. The visuals yeah. were spectacular. Yeah. The performances were a, a somewhat mixed bag across the, the whole cast, but the core but the pieces core crew, yeah. were phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, you know, any, basically anytime Ken Watanabe shows up on screen, yeah. I'm happy. I'm like, I mean, yeah. he, like, he does his job. He's, he just, very, he's, he's a fantastic actor. He says a couple of words. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, yeah, let's go, yeah. Ken. You know? Uh, so, our, yeah. our colonel lady bad guy was... Oh, she, Allison Janney. Yeah, she was fun. Yeah. She was great. Like, she, what a... I'll tell you what, her and the, the um, military guys almost had like a uh, James Cameron aliens... Like they, Avatar-ish like vibe Avatar to it. vibe to him. Yeah, like, they did. Yeah. I got some Jimmy Cam vibes in there. I was like, <laughs> okay. It's got the group of, you know, roughnecks or whatever. All right, yeah. so let's let's wrap it up here. Would you recommend the movie, Steve? Mm. So I think what I'm going to recommend is there are two ways you should watch this. Okay. And that's either when it hits streaming mm-hmm. or when the director's cut comes out. Okay. I'll second that for mine because I, I definitely think that this is a movie that you probably don't want to waste theater money on unless you get it like on the dollar, you know, five dollar night or whatever. Or like it's, it's so I would love to be able to recommend this be on a really big screen because the, the visuals are so good. But then yeah. it feels like you just need to turn your brain off. And yeah. Just look at the pretty I, I would recommend this to my friends who aren't maybe fans of science fiction because they're not going to be expecting a whole lot of deeper stuff to it. And then to my friends of science fiction, I would recommend it just off the visuals. And I would say it's kind of like Blade Runner. Yeah. Like don't, go, don't yeah. expect them to get really into a lot of the issues they bring up. It's just going to be window dressing, yeah, yeah, but you got to check this maybe out. You temper yeah. the expectations. I mean, yeah. like to me too, like yeah. if I look back at the movies throughout this year, like I like this better than Indiana Jones. Yes. I like oh, this. Oh yeah. hundred, hundred. I think jump. I liked it better than Ant-Man. I think this is better, better than, than Ant-Man. Better than Ant-Man. Yeah. 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 So like, it's not like I, the worst movie ever. It's just, it's disappointing that like, that there was a lot of potential. I, I think it could have been so much didn't more. Do much yeah. It, yeah. And I assume we would all rewatch it just for the visuals. Yeah. Right? Oh, when it, when yeah. it comes out on streaming, I'll throw it back on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we need to talk about our Patreon. We do. Yes. Indeed. For one low dollar a month, you can get access to all Not of our high bonus content. Low dollar. You can get access to all of our content, bonus episodes, commentaries, Patreon picks, polls, all the fun stuff. We have episodes like what we're if we're going to fight presidents, how we're going to win. Yep. Uh, also, we have um, tier lists of you know. We drank a bunch of sodas. We just sodas. ate a bunch of candy. We, we have did. a candy tier list up for, you know, October. It's we October, just, Halloween's we here. We just have tier lists of what can we consume that makes us sick in large quantities. I and, really and felt bad at the end of that dollars a month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After all that candy, I was... There's a lot of sugar. A lot more sugar great. than I wanted. Yep. All right. Well, I think that sounds like about all the time we got. Follow us on social. Leave us a review wherever you're listening now and share us with a friend. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew. And I'm Steven. And every spoiler was intended. <laughs>